Suspend your disbelief. Let yourself be led down a path into the world of the paranormal, where ghosts, shadow people, cryptids, aliens, and all things supernatural dominate. Immerse yourself in a dimension of ominous trepidation with your hosts, Dan, Danny, and Rachel. Welcome to the Phantom Faction Podcast. Welcome to this edition of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm Rachel. I was looking back at some of our programs to see how many guests have actually made a second appearance. And Rachel would be one of them. She's made much more than that. She started <laughs> as a guest. Well, Miss, Miss Michelle DeRoche, we've had uh, three times. We've had her a couple times, yep. Yeah, she's always uh, a crowd pleaser, that's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and once again, we have a very special guest. The man, the myth, the legend. <laughs> it's true. Mr. Bill yeah. Bean. Oh, I thought you were talking about me. No, no, no. <laughs> Danny, yes. <laughs> thank you, guys. I'm really uh, pleased to be back. And I, I thank you so much for having me back. It's it's an honor uh, and a pleasure to to be on with you. Well, it's always it's always good to talk to you, Bill. You know, you're, you're an easy guy to get a hold of and you're an easygoing kind of person. Uh, you know, you're, you're uh, a busy guy. Yes. And you're dealing with uh, the, the growlies and the nasties and the uglies and uh, whatever else you want to call them out there in the universe. And just before we started recording, you were talking about how there seems to be an uptick of uh, dark energy out there. Yeah. And um, we're also going to talk about your new book. Stranger Than Fiction Part Two, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said just before we got going, I'd read your your Dark Force book, which is which I couldn't put down. Thank you, brother. I, I think I literally read it in one sitting. I and, appreciate uh, that. I, and, yeah. uh, I wish this that would be made into a movie. Like it, well, it so I cool. signed a couple different movie <clears throat> options on it. I signed one in two thousand eight with uh, Lionsgate Gold Circle. And unfortunately, when the financial crisis came in, uh, it just destroyed the project. And um, and then I signed another movie option in 2012 uh, with 35 millimeter pictures. And unfortunately, the funding fell through on that. So I've had two uh, what I thought were going to be pretty sure opportunities to have it made into a motion picture. But each time it was not meant to be, and I praise God either way, but uh, I felt like I was pretty close to uh, having that on the big screen. Well, you never know. Fingers crossed it it could still happen, right? Yeah, sure. And look, in my life, I'm very grateful and thankful to God each and every day. Number one, I'm thankful for my life. I'm thankful that he has called me into service to help other people. So I look at it like this. Yes, uh, if something like that were to happen, wonderful, fantastic. And if it doesn't, wonderful and fantastic. I'm going one way and that is forward. And if, if any of our, our listeners are, are big readers, I, I really suggest checking out Dark Force and uh, Stranger Than Fiction. Um, Bill, I'm halfway through Stranger Than Fiction, the first one, uh, and I'm at the point or the part where uh, you're having a lot of sightings of UFOs Yeah, all, all through your life, yes. and it seems like some of them were, were following you or connected to you. or No question. Can, can you go into that a little bit? Absolutely, and uh, 
it's amazing how all these things, and, and really that's why I believe God put it on my spirit to write Stranger Than Fiction and then Stranger Than Fiction too, is because all these things are connected in some way. And I know it's hard for some people to believe because you have the diehard uh, UFO people, some that are nuts and bolts, and they say, nope, it's this, it is not connected to the paranormal supernatural. And then you have the people who are involved in the paranormal supernatural that say, no way, no connection to UFOs or Bigfoot or whatever. Well, I beg to differ because I've had all these experiences. And I can tell you with a great deal of certainty that they are all connected. And so um, the as you know, and, and I'm sure a lot of the people out there that are watching or listening in now know that I suffered greatly in childhood, uh, having experienced uh, demonic attacks and demonic oppression that was on me and my family, which greatly contributed to the destruction of my family. I'm very thankful to God that uh, I was able to, not only did he save me, but that transformed my life. Uh, from victim to victor and helping people. But the first UFO sighting that I had was in 1977 um, at that house. In your backyard? Yes. Oh, My yeah. dad, uh, who had left us in 1975, actually came back for a visit in 1977. And uh, I guess it was somewhere, I want to say, probably 8.30, 8.45 p.m. that night. Uh, I believe it was in July of 1977, very hot. Uh, my parents had this window air conditioner that was in the uh, the uh, the dining room. And uh, suddenly it, we were watching TV and the power just went out. And so my dad goes outside. He thinks that uh, a vehicle had struck a utility pole or something like that. Um, he comes back in very quickly and collects us now we're navigating through the dark my mother's lighting candles and all that stuff and he takes us out the back door into the backyard and we're looking and there is this unidentified flying object that i would say was probably 40 yards from our back door it was uh, over the ravine and it was hovering over a utility pole and it was uh was very at a very low altitude um, and silent. There was no noise coming, no machinery, no engine sounds. Uh, so it was silently hovering uh, in the sky above this utility pole. And down in the ravine where this pole was, there was like this little substation down there in the ravine that I guess it was the, the little power station for all the homes there. And uh, it was over that pole, which was adjacent to this little power substation. And um, we were just, I know personally, I was glued to it. I couldn't believe it. It had the, uh, the disc shape, but it was like, I describe it in the book, like a mushroom, you know, or chef's head. It had like this little thing underneath of it. So it was... Uh, you know, your, your disc looking thing, it was very brilliant white and it had this little thing under it, this circular thing under it. And um, other people started coming out in their yards because their power had gone out as well. And so 
several families are standing there watching this thing and it hovered out there for nearly an hour. And then it just, um, every once in a while, it would have this very gentle wobble like that. No noise at all, but it would have this little wobble to it every once in a while. And then after nearly an hour of everybody watching this, it just started to uh, slowly rise up. And then it um, headed off to the, I believe it was the north. And very slowly, and as it just slowly headed away, then the power came back on in the homes. So uh, again, that's where it all started, July 1977. But I say that, yet there are photographs of what appear to be alien looking beings in the photographs. Uh, one was taken of me in 1969, I was three years old. And in the photograph, it was as if a dimensional doorway was open because all these different types of entities are in the photo with me, including what looks to be a little gray alien guy to my left, uh, the space of a lion above me. Um, and then, in 1970, I want to say probably 75 before my father left, there was a photo taken of my mother in the house and she was on the phone and she's standing behind this bar that my father built. It was a coat closet. He knocked the walls out and built a bar and she's standing uh, behind the bar on the phone and to her left was this oval shaped mirror. And then behind her was this big rectangular mirror. And in the oval-shaped mirror, you could clearly see this very large gray alien-looking face in the mirror. And then when you look at the photograph further, you see another gray alien standing to her right and looks to be about three feet tall. And you can see the flash of the camera coming off of its head. So this is 1975. Um, as a matter of fact, as I'm thinking about this, there was a family photo taken in 1974, the year before that. And in the family photo, two things of a supernatural, uh, in a supernatural way took place while the photo was taken. Uh, one, Behind my dad's, and for anybody that wants to see these photographs, I should have sent them to you, Dan. Uh, for anybody that wants to see these photos, you can visit BillJBean.com and click on the photo gallery and you can see them for yourself. Uh, but in the photo over my dad's left shoulder, there appears to be this very, very large face uh, in the doorway. And then further to his left, uh, against the wall and on the wall, it was like this... Um, my step-grandfather had actually made it. It was like uh, this depiction of a peacock. He made it so it's in a picture frame. And in the center of the peacock, again, is this gray-looking, gray-alien-looking type of face right there in the center of that. And, and so this is 1974. Um, so again, we see a clear pattern of not only the paranormal, supernatural, uh, divine and demonic that was taking place there, but this uh, alien type of UFO interaction intertwined with this. And for good measure, uh, the 
ravine behind the house stretched for several miles. And my mother would often comment about seeing these blue lights descending down in the ravine as she was doing dishes after dinner in the evening. The, there was a window there over the sink and it would face that ravine. And she would see these blue lights descending down in the ravine often. Then uh, the word started getting around that there was a creature in the ravine called the gully man. And it was <laughs> described as a Bigfoot type of creature. So again, you have this whole plethora of activity taking place, you know, in this little area, uh, this little community, but yet it was just, and I found out after writing Dark Force, and I, the reason I found this out is because um, people that I knew back then in childhood had sent me messages telling me about the supernatural experiences that they had in their homes and that took place in, in during their lifetime there. And then uh, strangers who lived in the area actually were contacting me for help. So I went back uh, in 2014, 2015, as the spiritual warrior, deliverance minister, going back on behalf of people in that area who were under demonic siege and by the power of God working through me, I was able to help them and, and rid their homes of evil. But I just find it fascinating that, you know, not only did my family and I suffer in that way and have all those experiences, but we were surrounded by people that were having those experiences as well in their homes. Bill, do you think there was just a, maybe just a, a huge portal in, in the gully back there? And, and they, even though they might, you know, quote unquote, be connected, do you think that they were just using the same means of travel and are, were unaware of each other? Like, well, like I've, I've mentioned this before, like we're all on Zoom right now. Mm -hmm. Like, but, I mean, we're aware of each other, but it's almost like, like if your neighbors have the same cable packages that you do, or they use the same internet. We're all using the same stream, yeah. But we're but we're not aware of each other, right? Right. So it's like a portal in a sense that you know it's a way of communication. It's a device of communication. It's a gateway, a doorway for us to be able to connect and come together. So yeah, what you're saying makes sense, right? And yes, I do believe that. And uh, two miles south, it, from where the house uh, was and, and still is, I'm sure. Uh, there was a gigantic boulder-like structure called the Wishing Rock. So you would uh, go into the ravine, the gully, and, and travel a couple of miles, and, and uh, would go into this uh, body of water called Marley Creek. And um, down in there past that sat this gigantic boulder-like structure. And uh, a friend of mine, John D. Romine, wrote a book about it called The Enigma of the Wishing Rock. And uh, he was a former police officer in the area. And he had uh, compiled case files on all these strange and bizarre things that were taking place in a triangulated area. And the house that we lived in was in that triangulated area. And um, John, according to his research, uh, said that uh, there were Native Americans that used to gather and worship at that structure, saying that it was a vortex, a gateway, a portal, an opening, 
So if that's true, um, perhaps that is the main portal and opening for these entities to traverse through and affect the area in the way that it did. And furthermore, um, I also heard that there was a spot in that ravine, and I wouldn't doubt it for one second, um, that was uh, rumored to be an Indian Native American burial ground. And uh, it was just, I recall this one spot, it just, it was this hard red clay and uh, nothing grew on it. Um, we actually played sports and baseball and all that kind of stuff on it because it was uh, nothing could grow on it. Hmm. And um, that's the spot, the area where it was rumored to be some type of Native American uh, burial ground there. And it was really strange because the whole ravine was just, you know, lush with, with all the growth and overgrowth, but yet that one area, nothing would grow there. And um, so it's very interesting, uh, Dan, when you put all these pieces together, uh, just incredible. And another thing that's really amazing for such a small community um, that Herondale was and is to this day, there was a very high level of crime, violent crime, murders, domestic uh, abuse, just off the charts. I mean, my own dad was uh, terribly abusing my mother and beating her between 1973 and 1975. But then there were other families, family next door to us. That man was unmercifully beating his wife and, and many families in the neighborhood that uh, it was just abnormal to have such a large number of families negatively adversely affected in just the most bizarre ways. A lot of bad energy in that area. Yeah, just horrible. And another thing that was uh, really interesting, you know, when I look back on it, back then we all had these little K2 shovels. Do you remember them, the little folding shovels? Oh yeah, like the little military style Exactly. For whatever reasons, all the kids had these things and we were digging these tunnels and holes in that ravine. I often wonder, you know, when I look back on that, I just wonder, were we letting something out uh, by digging all those holes and tunnels like that? It was like a compulsion. Another compulsion was setting the woods on fire. So there were um, these just incredibly strong urges and compulsions to do these types of things. And, you know, I look back on it now and I say, wow, this, it, it was just a very strong grip of evil in that area. I wonder if the community is still affected to this day. Well, the last time I was back there, uh, I believe it was 2015. So I went there once in 2014, another time in 2015, actually two times in 2015. So uh, I haven't been back there since that time, but I have had messages from people that still live in the area telling me that uh, about their prior problems and sometimes current problems that are taking place as well. So that leads me to believe that, uh, you know, things are still going on there. Now, are they going on to the degree that they were? I can't answer that. But uh, let's just say it wouldn't surprise me if it still were. Bill, do you think uh, are all these 
UFOs and creatures uh, or anything, are they, are they all evil or are there some uh, good, like as far as aliens go and stuff like that? Or, uh, there's got to be some good ones as well, would there be? Uh, I think so, Danny. And again, look, none of us have the answer on this. However, I have to believe, and based on my own experiences, that um, we can take this back to the Bible because Psalm 68, 17 says the chariots of God are 20,000. So I believe that our God, Yahweh, creator of the universe, actually created these heavenly chariots, these Merkaba craft. And when Satan and a third of the angels were cast out of heaven, I believe they were cast out in those craft. And they came down in those flying craft and took human women, produced a hybrid offspring of giants called the Nephilim. The Nephilim went into the uh, forest and the fields and had unnatural sex acts with apes, bears, dogs, wolves, and God knows what else. And that, in my opinion, is the Sasquatch Bigfoot creatures. They are the offspring of the offspring. And they're every bit as much supernatural as they are physical. So when God caused the great flood, I believe that some of those entities were able to get into those flying craft and escape planet Earth and the flood and go to places like Mars. And that's why you see pyramids and statues and faces and everything else there. And then perhaps they came back after the floodwaters receded. And then it was business as usual again and carried on that seed line. But based on my own personal experiences, I absolutely believe that some of these uh, entities are good and they are of God and they do love and they do care and they do help. Uh, but then the flip side of that, I've had many, many evil experiences with all these types of things. And whether it was demonic entities or uh, UFOs that I felt like my life was in danger from some of these things. And I've had Bigfoot experiences as well. Um, Yet, through it all, I feel very, very protected, and I praise God for this, for his love and protection. Um, there have been times that I was being escorted. I mean, there were craft in the sky that were above me that looked to be and felt as well like they were providing some type of escort and protection for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess you would have had to have been there to fully understand what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is absolutely true. And then again, there were times that um, I felt like something was above me and I could see it and I felt like my life was in danger. And so uh, I have experienced so much and, and I couldn't be where I'm at right now had I not had a, those experiences. So for the better or for the worse, even for the worse, I'm still grateful for the experiences so I can be in this position to help other people. So when I say, uh, you know, in having a conversation like this, I can look at you and say, look, Danny, this is what I have been through and experienced. So I can relay that to you in truthful words. And you can feel that because, again, I've had the experience. So I am thankful to God for the experience. Mm hmm. Oh, can you give us one of your uh, Sasquatch encounters? Yeah, I've had, um, I, I guess it began, and I wrote about this as Stranger Than Fiction, and I, Stranger I, Than I, Fiction too. I guess I haven't hit that chapter yet. Yeah, you will. And, <laughs> and uh, it began, I want to say, early 80s, 
And uh, this was after the death of my mother and grandmother. And I had to quit school in the eighth grade, a lot about my age, I went to work. Um, I was living with my step-grandfather at the time and I was running a room from him and I would walk from the apartment we had to back to Herondale because all my friends were in Herondale. So it's probably a mile, mile and a half walk from there. And I would walk that and then coming back late at night, you know, after we hung out, I grew up on the streets and I hung out with those people. We did drugs, we drank, um, you know, we, I could, my life could have been drastically different because a lot of those people that I hung out with, they're in prison or dead. And I could have very easily have been there as well. But on some of those walks back and it would be 12, one, two in the morning, um, I'm walking back. So there's nobody out. And as you're going from, again, now think of that ravine that I described. And as you're walking down this highway, Richie highway, the ravine would have been uh, on my right, but yet there was another area to my left and I'm on the, so I'm walking down the side of the road facing the traffic. And to my left is another very heavily wooded area because Marley Creek runs underneath of that. So the ravine and the water is running underneath of the highway there onto the other side. And so I've got Marley Creek to my left, very heavily wooded area, almost swampy like and and so i can recall many nights walking down this dark and quiet stretch of ritchie highway nobody out very few cars and i can hear something walking with me so i'm on the highway but to my left in the woods i can hear branches breaking and crackling and something very heavy to my left that is now pacing me and walking with me there's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to go. I mean, this is a mile, mile and a half stretch of road, so I'm not going to outrun anything. And I picked up my pace in walking, though, and many, many nights that I never saw the uh, Bigfoot Sasquatch creature, but I knew it was there. I knew it was to my left. I knew it was pacing me, and this happened many, many times. So that's where it began. And then uh, there were times that uh, even back in those days, I can recall going um, to visit my father who was living in Florida, and he lived in this very remote area surrounded by the woods, and he put this basketball uh, goal up for me, and I'm out there by myself, and all of a sudden, you know, here it comes. You can hear the cracks and the pops and the, just the feeling of the presence and sometimes a foul odor also. And I can recall many times just that was it going in from there. Uh, and then to my current, um, some of my clients over the last several years have, they called me for help because they were having demonic problems but also having Bigfoot problems. And some of these people lived, again, in remote areas and wood lines and all this stuff. They would hear the screams. Uh, they would smell the odors. They would um, hear the uh, popping and the cracking of the bread. Sometimes rocks were thrown. Uh, one man went in and into the woods, and I saw this for myself. 
sometimes they build these stick structures, you know, these TP looking things and all this, they had all that back there. And um, so I actually went into the woods on several occasions uh, Two come to mind right off the bat. Uh, one was in um, a, a place called uh, Northeast in Maryland and um, the Bigfoot were coming and taking this man's chickens. Uh, this guy had all kinds of farm animals there and they were coming and stealing the chickens. And I went into the woods and I said, by the mighty power of Yahweh and his mighty and holy name in Jesus name, I command all of you to depart from here at once. You are tormenting this family. You're scaring them. And by the mighty power of Yahweh in Jesus name, I command you to leave. And you could feel the presence at first, and then you could literally feel it leave. And then another time, I went to a family in Gloversville, New York, about 100 miles south of Montreal, Canada. And uh, I will never forget this one. It was about 10 degrees. It was a strong wind. It was snowing. Um, it was about, I guess, a six-hour drive for me from where I'm at. I live in Annapolis, Maryland. And so it took me about six hours to get there. I arrive um, just as the sun has set. It's getting dark now. Uh, we've got snow. We've got winds. There was probably, I don't know, maybe eight, ten inches of snow on the ground already. And um, we are out there. And I'm going around the tree line. And this family probably had a couple acres of land there and they were talking about being under demonic siege, but also their dogs were being tormented by these Bigfoot creatures. So I had uh, the homeowner and two other guys with me and I'm taking salt and lining the uh, sea salt. I'm lining the uh, perimeter from the wood line, you know, surrounding the house. And I got to this one point and I stopped because I knew that we were being watched. I knew there was a presence there in the woods and I stopped. And I said basically the same thing what I just told you about the other family. And you could feel the presence leave after I said that. It was amazing, absolutely amazing. So um, those are two that I could think of. And then I've had encounters here at my home and in, I want to say probably either 2019 or 2020, I wrote about it in Stranger Than Fiction. My wife and I, it was somewhere around uh, 11 PM. It was actually around 10 PM. Cause I think it lasted from 10 to 11 PM. We started hearing these screams and I mean, it was so loud. I had headphones on just like this and I was uh, watching a video and these screams, these shrieks were so loud that I, I knew right away what it was. I wasn't, I didn't tell my wife cause I didn't want to frighten her, but uh, these screams sounded like a woman being killed or raped or something like that. It was these shrieks, just awful shrieks. And this went on. Uh, right before 11 p.m., so nearly an hour. And then uh, I was going out to my truck one day. Now, the place that we live, the parking lot, 
where I park, the woods are right behind it. And again, it's like this embankment that goes down and it's uh, very heavily wooded areas that surround this area where I live. And I'm going to get into my vehicle and I hear from down there, you could hear the cracks and the pops, like something very heavy was walking down there, snapping and breaking. And then all of a sudden, I hear this sound coming through the leaves of the trees. Something through a rock, a potato-sized rock. And it went through, sound like five or six different leaves in the trees. And it hit, there's a light tower at the edge of the parking lot with a concrete base. And it hit right off of the base of that light tower. And it wasn't far from me. I was across from it. Uh, and it wasn't, I don't believe that it was intended to hit me or harm me, but I do believe that the creature was absolutely trying to get my attention. And man, that potato sized rock came and ricocheted off the base of that light tower. And then uh, on two separate occasions, I found, um, I was getting into my vehicle one day, I saw a small tree that was pulled out of the ground. Something pulled that tree out of the ground. It was laying over these units, like these, uh, uh, they have, where I live, they have an outdoor pool and an indoor pool. And I guess they have like these units for them. They almost look like AC units. And um, this tree was pulled, it was a small tree. It was pulled out of the ground and it was laying across those units. And I, so I was getting in the vehicle and I stepped back out and I walked over there. Now, I took pictures and video of this. I, I found, I believe it was a 16 or 17 inch print and it was eight inches wide. And um, then I looked further along the embankment and there were more prints and, and they were, the strides were like 48 inches apart. And so I wear a size 12 at that time. I'm a little lighter now, but at that time I was probably 260 pounds. And I put my size 12 boot beside that footprint, could not make any indentation whatsoever. So whatever that was, was very, very heavy. And my size 12, 260 pound frame could not do anything to the ground. And so uh, and then another time, about a year after that, uh, and I have pictures of this as well, I found another footprint very large. Uh, this one looked to be about an 18 size 18 footprint. And it was uh, over on this other side here. And it looked like if the creature were walking across the street, like you put one foot, it was like this little, uh, not an embankment, but it, it, it was a little, it was on a little angle, you know, going up. And um, it looked like you put one foot there. And this is another interesting thing that I believe is that if what I've said earlier about them being every bit as much supernatural as they are a physical being, then perhaps this is why people find the one print. Maybe they could take one physical step and then transform themselves and disappear. Um, however they do that. But it is interesting that you have these people that will get one print and then it just seems to end after that. It's, I think it's my belief that uh, if you see a print, they want you to see it. Yeah. Oh, I believe that, Dan. And you, you know what? 
uh, I've heard, a, I, I listen to a lot of uh, Sasquatch and Bigfoot podcasts. I do research on it because I'm fascinated with them. Yeah. Um, and I seem to think that there are different species of them. Many. And I, I think that the one that's near your place is looking out for you. I think you're right. And, and here's another and that, thing. And, and because they have wicked, wicked aim. When they throw rocks, oh, yeah. like yeah. like they, they can throw better than any, you know, major league ball player. I agree. And for that rock, you know, just to say, hey, hey, Bill, we've got your back. We're watching the property, that yeah. kind of thing. Because you do you do you do hear reports of ones that have like the elongated face, which is yeah. more like more like a dog man. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the ones that are are, are uh, they're all black, fur, yes. very matted looking, and you know, and different areas of the world, like especially in Texas, East oh, yeah. Texas, they're very very aggressive. Like yes. there's never a, a quote unquote happy Sasquatch encounter in Texas. You know, but you go to the Pacific Northwest, British Columbia, Alberta, it's always, you know, oh, there, there it is. It's left. It's out of, it's out of the, our neighborhood now. We saw it and it's gone. Isn't you know? that amazing? It's just yeah. incredible. And, I, and, you know, I think you're right about this, Dan, because uh, another thing that I'm thinking about, the matter of fact, the most recent thing that happened was probably about six months ago, uh, was coming out, going to my vehicle, and guess what was on there? One of those potato-sized rocks carved into a heart. It's heart-shaped. A heart-shaped potato-sized rock was on my vehicle. There you go. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that before or since. Maybe it's a female one. She's got a crush on you, Bill. I don't know, but I have the rock. <laughs> I, I saved the rock. It's it's uh, in my vehicle. I took well, that as well. Uh, a, f- a friend of mine had a friend of mine who's staying in northern Ontario in cottage country um, has had tons of interactions with uh, the Bigfoot that live in his area, and they just left him a marble the other day on his. Uh, uh, he doesn't have kids, and his cottage is on it's on the mainland, but you can only get there by boat because there's no roads. Yeah. So it's like, where did this marble come from? And exactly. They, they've they've left like shiny rocks. They've left little structures, uh, and they left them um, a marble the other day. It was almost like their way of saying, "Okay, you know, we're cool." Well, I'll tell you, Dan. Another thing that comes to mind, and this was a couple of years ago. Um, again, I come out the same side door of the building every single day. That's the only door I use to traverse uh, in into our building. And when I came out of the door. To the left, to my left, was this little, um, it was like these branches that were interwoven into a circle. And it was laying right there. I hadn't seen that before. And I come out and see that. I'm going, where where did this come from? And who could do that? Mm -hmm. These branches, you know, again, it was in a circle, but they were interwoven, intertwined together. I think that's their way of telling you that they're there and they're cool with you and they're watching out. So, yeah, praise they, God. They can't all be bad, right? No, I don't believe that. So, I, I really don't. I, because you, know. you do have those uh, encounters where children have gone lost in the woods. Yeah. And, they say, and they say a friendly bear uh, kept me warm and safe in a cave and then brought me back. Like bears don't do that. Nope. Right? <laughs> so we, we know who did that. And, and I think it's very much like people. Uh, there are 
good people and there are not so good people. So I think that that most likely, in my opinion, is a universal law in the way that God created everybody is that you're going to find good and bad in every type of species. Absolutely. Yeah. I think they can read uh, the vibration. Like uh, you obviously operate at a very high vibration. Praise God. I think that they can, uh, they can read that. Uh, It's like a lot of animals, Uh, you know, uh, a dog will, will turn on somebody that, you know, and know right away that it's a bad person. Uh, and yet go up to another person and, and they're super friendly to them. So yeah, it's Danny, like you're right. the vibration, I believe. You're absolutely right. And I've had experiences like that too, to where um, dogs would just, you know, they're barking like crazy or whatever. And then all of a sudden they just come up to me and then they're, you know, sniffing my hand or licking my hand or whatever. And then I've had experiences where birds just came out of the sky and landed at my feet. Uh, It's just, it's unbelievable. I I thank God and praise God for it. Bill, do you think you have any psychic abilities? I'll say this. You would never, ever hear me claim to be anything special. Never. I always give all (laughs) praise and thanks and glory and credit to God. But I do believe that he has given me these gifts. And uh, because a lot of times, in these cases, before I even go into the home, God has already put the picture into my mind and he's given me an automatic knowing of things and, and what's taking place, what has taken place, uh, the entities. Sometimes I'll see the entities as well. So it is, uh, and I praise God for this. I don't claim to be anything, but I thank God and praise God for giving me right. the, uh, this knowing of things. The reason I asked is because, you know, from all the research that I've done, you often see people who are psychics and mediums who have those ghostly encounters, those demonic encounters, as well as the UFOs and, yeah. the, big, and the Bigfoot and the little people of the forest and yeah. know, fairies and all over. And you seem to think, well, are these people full of it? Because, you know, who could, who could have that many interactions or it's hard know, to in, in their lives? Exactly. But you, you almost seem to think that, like Danny had said about the vibrations that they're attracted to us and they're, I, check, they're checking us out. So that's why you have those interactions more I than believe it, Dan. more I than the, the, you know, the normal people. Right. I can recall another time and, and you'll probably read about this in stranger than fiction. Um, I'm not sure if I put it in, I don't think I put it in dark force, but uh, I was, and I want to say this was probably 1997 and uh I'm out one morning feeding the birds. I'm throwing bread to the birds. They're all, and then all of a sudden, now it's a bright, sunny day, beautiful day. And all of a sudden, this chrome looking, halo, disc looking thing comes down out of the sky. It wasn't a, a large object, but it had a, the, the center was open. So, it was a chrome looking, disc looking, halo looking thing that had the center open and it came down about 10 feet off of the ground right in front of me as I'm feeding the birds, it comes down and then it went right back up. And I interpret that as God being pleased with me that I was feeding his creatures. That was the feeling that I got from it. Did the birds react to it? Nope. Hmm. 
they didn't, you know, well, again, look, I'm throwing bread and feeding them. And oh, then, no, but, so but I don't her, know right. at that time, I'm looking at this thing coming down. So I don't know what their reaction is, but I'm, right. I'm just stunned to see this thing come down. And then it hovered for a second and then went right back up. Mm. I will never, ever forget that. That's very cool. But it uh, made me feel good. It really gave me a great feeling that it was coming from God, that uh, that was the interpretation that I got, that he was pleased that I was feeding his creatures. Bill, uh, there's a fight against good versus evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've been hearing this from other people, other sources. It seems to be ongoing. Um, even our former co-host, John, who was on uh, our 100th podcast, uh, he had said the same type of thing. Do you, and do you find, and I think we touched on this a little bit before we started to record, do you find that things are amping up right now uh, because of the lockdowns, all that negative energy, um, you know, the people are being depressed, staying at home, suicidal, yeah, uh, which is terrible. And it has really affected a lot of people. And you, you know, you even hear uh, a lot of uh, like we get people contacting us and saying, "Oh, I've, I'm seeing things in my home, and I never used to before." Yeah. Um, do, do you, which way do you do you think? Uh, you think something's brewing? I do. I'm sorry to say, I do. I think that uh, ever since COVID, with the uh, frequency and vibration of many people being lowered, it has uh, made them vulnerable to it for demonic attack. Uh, I can't tell you how many people over the last year have come to me because they were suicidal. Uh, They felt like they were just at the end of the road, that they couldn't deal with it anymore and just overwhelmed with all this evil and negativity. And it has, uh, I'm very, very busy. I mean, I've always been busy, but I'm, I'm so busy now. The phone never stops. The messages never stop. I'm up till five, sometimes 6 a.m. answering messages or performing deliverances. I just uh, recently uh, performed a, a deliverance via Skype for a family in Uganda. Wow. Then uh, a few days ago for another one in Australia. So, I mean, I've helped people in nearly 50 other countries. And uh, so there is a tremendous uptick in this, I'm sorry to say. And now uh, it seems to me, and I believe that God is allowing this for a reason. I can't think or speak for God, but I do believe that he's allowing these things to happen for a reason. Uh, It seems to me that COVID is one of many things. The new thing now is the threat of World War III. Uh, with the things that are taking place in the Middle East and now all these leaders of these different countries that are making threats and all these different things. And look, there's always been wars and rumors of wars, but I'm very, very concerned about this because um, it seems to be mounting and building and building to something. Uh, So it seems to me that the devil has been given this short time to sort of have his way and create havoc in our world, especially over the last five years or maybe 10 years. Uh, It just, it seems to be off the charts now, how it used to be 
that you would get a really horrific story, you know, once in a while, maybe once a month or something like that. Now you could get a, a plethora of horrific stories on a daily basis. Just take your pick. Um, so it is really progressing to something that I, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not a fear monger. I, I just try to speak truth. Um, and I, I really feel that this is all leading to something momentous, that there's going to be this momentous day. And I think that UFOs are going to play a part in this as well, because we see now we're seeing a soft disclosure. Uh, UFOs are everywhere. People are seeing them everywhere. People are documenting. The military is releasing all this stuff. This is all for a reason. And so I think that uh, what will come into play here, and I don't know this to be true. These are just my theories and opinions. Um, that the alien invasion angle is going to play a part and whether this is manufactured by those that are the puppet masters on the earth or this is uh, an external threat that's going to come in. Um, whatever the case may be, I believe that it is going to come to pass. It is going to play a role uh, in all this just absolutely off the charts craziness that's taking place in our world. However, the good news is I don't think God's going to let it go on for long. And I do believe that he's going to have an answer to all of this and for all of this. And may he send his divine forces uh, led by Jesus Christ to come back in here and clean this world up. So um, that gives me hope in knowing that God really is with us and for us. Even though bad things do happen to good people, I still absolutely believe that God will help us and God will help us out of this pit that um, seemingly it's just like this, this net that has been cast over the entire world uh, to create as much negativity and hatred and just the worst of the worst things. I, mean, I read a story yesterday. Uh, really shook me to my core. Um, a four-year-old child was, and I think this was in Florida, uh, a four-year-old child was murdered in the street by an 18-year-old and left to lay there dead in the street. A four-year-old child. So we are seeing and hearing and reading about some of the most horrific things on a regular basis. Well, the thing is too, uh, I mean, those things have happened for centuries. We just hear about them a lot quicker because of the internet, you know, cell phones, yeah. that sort of thing. So, I mean, there's always going to be good. There's always going to be bad, but you're going to continue kicking demonic. Butt. Praise God <laughs> for that. You know, and, and again, uh, I thank God for all of it. I recently had a surgery. Um, I don't know if you guys can see this or not, but I had, uh, some basal cell cancer there and they had to cut pretty good in there to get it out. And I'm okay. And I'm going to be okay. But I had a lot of stitches in there inside and out. And it's just miraculous uh, how quickly this is healed. I'm so thankful to God for this, but uh, I was concerned because if I had to let that go much for much longer, it could have really have gotten closer to my eye and caused some real damage. So I'm very thankful to God that it is over with. Um, the surgeon was fantastic, Dr. Renfro. Everything went great, and uh, I have healed up amazingly fast. So I'm so thankful for that. 
sure your 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 wife didn't take a frying pan and whack you across the head? <laughs> well, she, you know, it, it wouldn't be surprising because you know I'm sure I could drive her that crazy. Uh, you know, in 32 years of being together, I'm sure she could tell you plenty of stories that would uh, <laughs> uh, would lead yeah. to something like that. Yeah, you're spending more time with those demonic forces than me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and, and that and other things, you know, we we as uh, men, we we have the innate ability to uh, really get on our spouse's nerves from time to time. I'm sure of it. Maybe. <laughs> Rachel's not saying a word. No, Rachel doesn't say much. She's pretty quiet. Uh, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> uh, Bill, your new book, Stranger Than Fiction 2. Is yeah. Yeah. It's been out for a little while. Uh, how can people get a hold of it? Well, people could, if you want to get a hold of the new book or if you are in need of a spiritual deliverance, if you're having a really hard time in your life, don't hesitate to contact me, billjbean.com. And um, I'll personally sign it and send it out. Or again, if you're in need of deliverance, don't hesitate and I'll get back to you or my assistant will get back to you as quickly as possible. You know, it's amazing, guys. I can't believe how fast this hour went. Oh, I know. Uh, and I hope you'll have me back again because maybe we can dig into uh, some of the contents of Stranger Than Fiction 2. And uh, again, it's all about connecting the dots. I'm already on to uh, visualizing the next, next book uh, project, which is going to be about the mysterious places on the earth, around the world. So that, that'll be the uh, next project for me. Very cool. And uh, yeah, maybe maybe I'll have to get a signed copy one of these days. You so, got it, brother. So I'll, Just so I'll send me your address. You. I'll send you a copy out. <laughs> email me your address. I'll send you a copy. Oh, awesome. Bill, you do, you think, do you think that uh, the devil checks under his bed for you before he goes to bed at night? <laughs> well, I'll say this. Uh, again, I am nothing just a vessel that God works through. And I'm grateful and thankful to him for working through me in that way. I can tell you this, uh, if not for the uh, empowerment and protection from God that is over my life, I would have been dead a long time ago. There's no doubt about it. So the devil, I think, has been trying to stop me uh, probably even before I came into this world because I had some serious things right, uh, you know, from a child. Uh, injuries and things of that nature throughout my lifetime. I've been in many life-threatening situations that God's protected me every single time. So I really believe that uh, the devil was intent on getting me out of this world, but it is God who has protected me and saved me from all harm. And I thank well, him. And praise even, him even, even that car that went out of control and almost ran you over, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and many things like that have had. I've had guns pulled on me, knives, disarmed a gunman that had fired twice, uh, all these things. I fell 50 feet from a building one time uh, and was not seriously injured. I know people that fell 15 feet to their death. Uh, so again, you name it, I have lived it. And like you said, it's hard for people to believe that one person has experienced all these things. But I assure you, every single thing that I've spoken about or written about is absolutely the truth. Whether you want to believe it or not, it doesn't change the fact that it happened. That's right. 
And uh, I'm sure you've got a lot more experiences ahead of you in, in your life as, as well as uh, the three of us. So we will connect again and uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to have you back again when you have some more time. Let's do a part three. I'm but, up uh, for it. Much yeah. love and God bless you guys and your families and everybody out there. I want to really thank everybody for taking the time to uh, join us here and, and watch and listen in. And I do look forward to coming back with you again. And BillJBean.com. That's it. Everybody who's listening, go check out Bill. Check out his books. They are really good. Like I said, I went through the one in one sitting. And uh, I'll have to get cracking on the one that I'm, <laughs> that I'm working on now. And don't forget to send me your address, and I will get you a signed copy out ASAP. Awesome. Thank you, Bill. All right, guys. Well, I look forward to the next time. All right. <laughs> Part we three. Will, we will be in touch. All right, guys. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction at outlook.com.